Hello, welcome to another episode of Papa Bear Hikes. This episode of Papa Bear Hikes is brought to you by Stella Mints. Okay, I love these mints, and let me tell you why. They work, and they taste great. They really do. They're delicious. Recently, I was surprised to learn that one-third of Americans are living with extreme stress. Sadly, this effect has been compounded by the pandemic. This has left millions of people, myself included, trying to figure out how to cope with the ever-increasing pressures from work and life. That's exactly what Stella Mints were made for. Powered by CBD, Stella Mints are a fast and simple way to feel more calm and clear-minded throughout your day, no matter how hectic things get. Each tin contains 30 mints, and they come in three bold flavors, peppermint, lemon, and matcha. That's Stella Mints, S-T-E-L-L-O, mints.com, stellamints.com. And use the coupon code PAPABEARHIKES to receive 15% off your order. It's time to do something I haven't done in quite a while, and that's answer some of our listeners' questions. And we're going to start with Frank from Reno, Nevada. Frank asks why I don't do gear reviews. Actually, what he says is, Papa Bear, I noticed you have never done a gear review on one episode. You have over 100 episodes and not one gear review. Why is that? Okay, Frank, I'll tell you why. Yes, I've been hiking and backpacking for over 50 years now. Well, no, 49 years to be exact. It'll be 50 years next year. Maybe that's maybe it's an omen. Maybe next year's year I should hike the Appalachian Trail. I should try through hiking. I don't know. i got to pitch that idea to my wife. But anyway, back to your question, Frank. I just don't feel, even with my years or decades of experience, qualified to give an honest gear review. I think to give a gear review, you would need to um, do a number of acti- a number of hikes with that with with different pieces of gear. I go out, for example, for two and a half weeks, and I'm using the same tent, same backpack, same sleeping bag, sleeping pad that I've been using. Well, now the gear I have, I, I've been using this setup now exception of my backpack for six years and I've been using the same backpack for three years to give an honest gear review for example of a backpack I would need to in the same season or at least in the same calendar year use that backpack under similar conditions and have at least three or four others to compare it to to really be able to say it's good or bad or what the positive or negative attributes of of it are otherwise I'm just pretty much giving you my opinion there are people out there that are qualified to give you gear reviews. They, they do this professionally. They write about it. Liz Thomas is one of them. She's been a guest on our show. She has a column in Backpacker Magazine. Um, she's somebody that's actually qualified to do that. But, And I'm not going to badmouth people that are doing this on YouTube or their podcast. Just speaking about myself in general here, I'm not qualified to do that. I'm the type of person I get stuck on my gear. If I like it, I'm sticking with it. And unless it's just really bad or just not functioning the way I need it to, I'm going to use it until I wear it out pretty much. Uh, I'm not going to just uh, buy the next shiny object that pops up online and say, ooh, that looks cool. I'm going to buy it. I hope that answers your question, Frank. Stosh from Seacaucus, New Jersey asked me this question. Papa Bear, do you consider yourself an ultralight backpacker a traditional backpacker a lightweight backpacker you've never really gotten into that on your podcast well stash you're right i never have i've never really done an episode on 
the on, on my, the weight of my pack. Uh, I did do a, an episode a while back, and I'm just going to suggest every one of you go back and listen to it, called Ultralight Madness, uh, where I talk about pretty much weighing the, the this dollars and cents um, against the pounds, the weight ounces saved when you're purchasing gear. Uh, there, there with myself, I just kind of look at things in terms of there is a, there is a threshold. How much money am I going to spend uh, to save X number of ounces? Uh, I have this like crazy formula uh, that I use to say, okay, if it's going to cost me this many dollars and it weighs this much, and this product here costs this much and weighs X number of ounces, is it really worth the purchase? I wouldn't character my, characterize myself as ultralight by any uh, definition, but I am a lightweight backpacker. I am conscious of the weight of the items I pack. I put a lot of thought into what I'm bringing with me. I do a lot. I go to great measures to make sure I don't overpack, uh, but I make sure I have I, I have what I need to be safe and comfortable. And that comfort also means packing an air mattress that's probably about six to seven ounces heavier than what I could find if I really searched. I know there's a company out there that makes an ultralight air mattress that's $200 and it weighs 12 ounces, 11 ounces, I believe. Well, my $55 air mattress that I've had now for six years, it weighs a whopping 18 ounces, but it's also 24 inches wide as opposed to 20 inches. Doesn't make any noise when you sleep on it. Doesn't sound like you're sleeping on a bag of potato chips, which that ultralight $200 mattress does. And I know this because I've slept in lean-tos with people who have had them. And when that $200 air mattress decides it's had enough and the seams start leaking air, because they do, well, in four or five years or six, seven years when you're replacing it, that's a lot of money. As opposed to my... $55 $55 air mattress, which I've been happy with, and it's still holding up. He Even if I have to replace it next summer, I've gotten my money's worth out of it. And most importantly, it's very, very comfortable. I did the whole closed cell pad for years, and it worked for a while. But as I've gotten older, uh, my back problems have uh, become a bit worse. Uh, I've never talked about this, but I do have, I've been dealing with back issues since I was... 18 years old. Uh, when I sleep in a lean-to, when I was, you know, if I was on that closed cell foam mattress, I just, there was just no way I was getting comfortable. Um, but with the air mattress, I can pretty much sleep on any surface and I'm, I'm good to go. I'm going to get as good a night's sleep as I'm likely to get in the outdoors. Hope that answers your question, Stash. But as far as other gear, I have a really light stove. I bought the, bought the uh, very famous BSR stove that you see on Amazon. A lot of hikers are using it. I didn't buy it because other hikers are using it. I bought it because it was extremely light. And you know what? It does the same job that the 60, 70, I've seen some of them almost $100. There's one out there nice and fancy. It comes with the cup with it and a heat exchanger. Heats up the water in two minutes. It it does that. It cost me $16. No, I think when I bought it, it might have they might have been selling it for 12 I think it takes two and a half minutes, but it weighs far less than the $100 setup. Um, and even when you you know, use the cup that I use to boil the water, all that still weighs much less. Uh, and I save a lot. Like I said, save a lot of money. There's a situation where weight savings is an issue. 
I get, well, I get double bang for my buck there. I'm getting weight savings and some cost savings. Now, more of an equalizer here is when it comes to my sleeping bag. And here's, this is an area you don't want to skimp on. Do not go cheap on your sleeping bag. And the more you spend, the lighter you're going to find out there. Uh, when I bought mine, and mine has got to be, wow, 12 years old, maybe, yeah, at least 12 years old. 850, I think, was about the best you can do for for down. And it's amazingly light. Uh, up until then, I had been using synthetic bags. I just didn't feel very comfortable with down because it, because if it gets wet, I live in the Northeast and uh, there's a good chance if you go out backpacking for two or three nights, you're probably going to get rained on one of those nights. But I, I decided to dive into the down bag. Uh, it was after my knee surgery and I really needed to think a little bit harder about the weight in my pack. And when I came, I thought, oh, there's just no way this thing's going to keep me warm. It was rated for 20 degrees, a Mount Bell sleeping bag. Um, but you know, it, when I got it out on my first couple of trips, I was like, wow, this thing is incredibly comfortable and it keeps me warm. Uh, you know, but I paid a lot of money for that. That was over $300. That's it. But that's an item. Don't ever skimp. Don't skimp on your sleeping bag. That could be dangerous. Uh, gear fails are one thing. If you've got to rig something up to get your cheap backpack from point A to point B, it might make for an uncomfortable trip, but not a dangerous one. Uh, as far as my backpack goes, I think I've kind of been in the middle on that uh, the last couple of years. That's the one piece of gear I didn't purchase and stick with right from the beginning. I started with a Go Light backpack, uh, very light, frameless bag. I think it weighs 22 ounces. Uh, I was having issues where my back was starting to hurt me a little bit from using it. Uh, I was My base weight is usually in the 12 to 14 pound range. Range, so it wasn't that I was overpacking it. I think that I'm starting to feel like okay, maybe it's just my back needs some sort of a support. So I switched to a internal frame bag. And after three years of using the internal frame bag, I think I'm going to go back to the uh, frameless. I've made a modification. I read online somebody had given a suggestion to take corrugated plastic, put it in where the foam sheet is. It's in a frameless bag. Anybody that's ever used a frameless bag knows what I'm talking about. There's always a a uh, half inch or quarter inch uh, sheet of foam uh, in the back area. I put it in there and it gives it some rigidity. So I am going to try that. I would like to go back to my flameless pack. It, uh, I save about a pound and a half, I think, overall. But more importantly, I just, I like the way it packs more than I do the, the current frameless pack I'm using. So that's more of a just, it's a, I guess it's a combination of functionality and, and weight. But, um, other than that, yeah, I, I do try to pay attention to it. Uh, one item I've switched over to is I do bring a bear canister with me on every trip. Unless I know for sure there's a bear box for me to stick my food into. But if I was going to give myself a label, if I was going to feel like, okay, I need to say I am this or that, I am probably a light, consciously lightweight backpacker who pays attention to the weight of their gear, but is not obsessed with it. Hope that answers your question. And last but not least, Garth from Galveston, Texas. How cool is a guy by the name of Garth from Galveston, Texas? You know, if you told me somebody's name was Garth, point out on the map of the United States where they're from, I'd probably point right to Texas. Right? That just sounds so uniquely Texas. I picture a guy hanging in, hanging out, 
loving life, right? I doubt there's anybody in the entire city of Seattle named Garth. It just, you know, it has that Texas ruggedness uh, sound to it. Anyway, Garth, he writes to us and asks, why aren't we covering the Lone Star Trail? We've covered a lot of trails, different parts of the country. He says, Papa Bear, I hiked along the Lone Star Trail last year, and it's a fun trail. And I think it's something worth mentioning and talking about. I think people from other parts of the country would find it to be very unique. I know you're from the Northeast, and the Lone Star Trail would certainly offer you something different. And it can be hiked year-round. Garth, I I like that idea, and you've inspired me. I think uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to do a spot. My Wednesday night spot is going to be about the Lone Star Trail. I have read a little bit about it. I know a little bit about it. But before I let all the listeners know what the Lone Star Trail is, I'm going to do a little bit more research so I can make sure people are informed and inspired to travel to the great state of Texas and give that trail a shot. For the record, I mean figuratively, not literally, give it a shot. But you all know what I mean. Well, now I'm going to share with you my five best gear purchases. This is not a gear review or a recommendation, just my opinion. I wish I had a drum roll, but my technical advisor, Shroomin, is on the other side of the country, and for me to mess around with this could be, well, disastrous. It could mean losing all this data, probably wiping out, blowing up my computer. So... No drum rolls, but I'm just going to go down the list. Now, this isn't unique to backpacking. This is just, in general, my five best purchases for outdoor, well, equipment, clothing, gear over the last five years. Number five on the list are my Vermont Darn Tough socks. I have two pairs, and that's all I have purchased since, I think, 2000. I bought those in 2009, I believe. And I've actually had to return one pair and he sent me a replacement pair for free. I had a pair that actually started to wear out just a little bit around the elastics. Not terribly bad. Um, I wore the heck out of those socks. And here's something I might gross some of you out, but I'm a little proud of it. Uh, When I go out on my week-long or two, three-week trips, I try to wear the same pair of socks every day. And you know what? I do that with the Vermont Darn Tough Socks. Um, I'll put them on and the dry ones are sitting there for me to, as my backup socks. Uh, if I get cold at night, I'll throw the backup pair on my feet. But what I've done now is I rotate them out. Uh, when the, when the first pair wore out and I started wearing the second pair, now the pair that the replacement pair is serving as my backup pair. Great purchase. I love that I bought them. You might feel like you're paying a little extra, but definitely worth it. My BSR canister stove, as I mentioned earlier. For the money, for what it does, you can't beat it. Uh, You're probably not going to be able to cook anything fancy with it, but you're backpacking. Most people are just heating up. They're just boiling water. And I think if if you're into maybe doing some a little bit more gourmet-type cooking when you're out on the trail, you might need something a little fancier. But this thing's basically like just putting a blowtorch to the water and heating it up, getting it to a boil, and... I think it maybe takes two and a half minutes. I've never actually timed it, but my guess is maybe two and a half minutes. My third purchase next is my Camelback Cloud Walker. I don't even know if they make this pack anymore. I purchased it in 2000, early 2007 with a gift certificate. Uh, so it was almost free. And I have used this pack Year after year, I've bushwhacked with it. I've traveled with it. It goes on the majority of my day hikes, and it still looks great. I 
last year I got a tear in one of the pockets and one of them, one of the other pocket looked like it was starting to tear a little bit. I brought it to the tailor, 15 bucks. They fixed it and it's good to go. I, who knows, other than the little tears in the pockets that have been fixed, it's not showing anywhere. It does not look like a pack that's been used consistently since 2007. That's for sure. It has really held up. Number two, this is something that was, again, a gift. My boys chipped in and bought me a bicycle last year and the Fuji Cross Town 3 bike. I really love that bike. Um, I've been buy, riding a bike, a cheap bike from a one of these box retailers and um, heck, I didn't know the difference from between a good bike and a bad bike. I, I But after visiting a bicycle shop, a local bicycle shop and test riding one, I said, okay, this is why I need a better bike. And my kids came through for me and bought me it for a Father's Day gift last year. And I'm just really loving it. And before I go on to number one, honorable mention here. And this was tough. This one, it was tough to leave this off the list. My Climate V sleeping pad. And the only reason why I left it off the list is I just haven't owned it as long as the, as my darn tough socks. Uh, when I looked at the two pieces, I was like, okay, darn tough are definitely proven. Climate, well, it should earn its earn its place now. I've been using it since 2018 with no problem so far. Uh, love that thing. It's 24 inches wide. I'm a bit of a restless sleeper, so it does the trick for me. It really gives me plenty of grounds, plenty comfortable. It's great in the lean-tos. And speaking of comfort and being a restless sleeper, that leads me to number one, my sleeping bag, my Mount Bell sleeping bag. It has a, like an elastic to it. It's not your typical type of sleeping bag. When you turn, it kind of moves so you don't feel like you're wrapped up. You don't feel like you're rolled up in a burrito. Uh, and it, um, it just kind of stretches and moves with you. It, yeah, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words on how to describe how much I love this bag. And, and I just want to say, None of these items, none of these companies are sponsored. I did not receive any compensation, and I paid full retail price for all of these. And this is not a gear review. These are just the items I have purchased and loved. I've used a Mount Bell sleeping bag, but uh, I really don't have anything to compare it to, uh, in all fairness. I've heard you know Western Mountaineering is supposed to be great. I know people who own them love them. People are using quilts. There's a couple quilt companies out there that people highly recommend. And again, I haven't used them. I can't, so I, I can't give a, make a fair comparison here. So all I'm really doing is telling you, this is the gear I really like. And uh, I'll continue using it until it can't be used anymore. Um, you know, like I said, I'm not the person to walk in and purchase the nice, sh- bright, shiny, or trendy thing. I kind of take pride in using my stuff till it, till it can't be used, till it's broken or can't be sewn up and put back together. And after all, isn't that what duct tape's made for, right? Keep things moving, keep things working. But I am interested to hear what you're using, what's working for you. What maybe, and even tell me what's not
And let's be safe out there because that's important too. We don't want to buy something that we take out on the trail and breaks. So yeah, share with us the good and the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Share it with us. Go to PapaBearHikes.com. Check us out there. Send us a message. Go to our social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Go there. Check us out. Send a message. If you're an iTunes listener, make sure you give us a like, a thumbs up, leave us a comment, subscribe, get outside, have some fun. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.